Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. So we are continuing with our Christ Inc. uh, theme, which was supposed to be for a month, but it is going on for two months now. Amen. We are well on our way to two months. I don't know if we are going to finish it this month or we are going to carry it over. It is so rich. It is so rich, and I believe that God is going to help us a great deal, and our lives will never be the same. I just want to urge us to believe the word of the Lord. Amen. I just want us to, I just want us to please believe the word of the Lord. I am now connected, Healy, because now uh, 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 I'm not where you are. Please uh, go with me. You know, Augustine Nekarat. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Bazalon, I was saying, let us please believe the word of the Lord and put it into action. Let us not only just hear the word, but then go and do the opposite. Amen. But let us hear the word and put it into practice. The word of God carries power. The word of God is very, very powerful. And it is so good in such a way that uh, uh, when you put it into practice, you are doing what God wants you to do. And then God will in turn do what he is supposed to do. Amen. If you put his word into action. Hallelujah. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you, and if maybe you have known him before, let me reintroduce to you the God who prospers. The God who prospers. Last week I said many people get agitated in a way when we talk about money in the church, but God wants us to prosper. We need to put it in our hearts, in our minds, and believe it, that God wants us to prosper. He is a God who wants us to prosper. So last week, we spoke about money matters, and today, it's money matters 2.0. Money matters 2.0. So it's a senjalo lenda pete, and God is going to bless us. Amen. I introduce to you a God who prospers, a God who wants us prosperous, a God who does not want us to say, I know as long as I get by. God does not want us to just get by, but God wants us to prosper because he wants us to live a good life. Somebody say a good life. Come on, you can do better than that, a good life. Say God wants me to live a good life. God wants me to live a good life. Hallelujah. Yes, God wants us to live a good life, and he wants us to fulfill his purpose for our lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we spoke about the fact that um, money matters. Last week we spoke about the fact that money matters. And we said money matters in the sense that 
God wants us to live a good life, money also matters so that it can facilitate that good life that God wants us to live. The Bible is clear in saying that even that good life, he prearranged for us. He predestined it for us. In other words, it was there before you were born. Remember, he says, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So God has already prepared this good life for you and for me. So he, he wants us to live that good life, but that good life is facilitated. God is not ignorant in the fact that here on earth, that good life is facilitated by money. So money does matter. Money matters as well uh, in the sense that God wants us to fulfill his purpose. The reason why we are here on earth, it is because God has brought us here for a purpose. And for that purpose to be fulfilled, money will matter. So do you see that God wants us to prosper? Because he wants us to fulfill the purpose that he has for our lives. So money plays a critical role. In, in destiny fulfillment, in purpose fulfillment, and in facilitating a good life. And then we said there are also matters that we always need to consider in as far as money is concerned in the kingdom of God. We said that uh, uh, it is uh, uh, God who is the source, right? We said that we need to make sure that we understand that God is the source. We also said that we need wisdom. When God gives us the money and when God gives us whatever it is that he gives us, we need to be wise in using it. Somebody say amen. amen. Financial wisdom is key. We also said that we need uh, 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 to make sure that we increase. Right? We said that we need to increase. We, whatever it is that God gives to us, he does not give it to us so that we can hide it. Remember, one of the servants hid the talent. But then Jesus was not, uh, 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 the master was not pleased with the servant. Why? Because it was supposed to be multiplied. Yeah. It was supposed to increase. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So today we are continuing with money matters. Somebody say money matters. Money. And also last week, which I, 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 I can't just let it pass, we read a scripture. I don't know if you got to that scripture here in Hillcrest. But I loved it so much in Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse number 8, where the Bible says the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Sometimes we concentrate on the, on, on the land that the Lord has given us. And we forget that it is the Lord who will prosper us in that land. Sometimes we run with the things that God has given us. And while God is still busy in a process of wanting to prosper us. So listen to what the Bible says. It says, I will command the blessing that is on you. So it means what is on you determines what is around you. He says, I will, he says, he anoints my head with oil and then my cup runs over. So what is in your cup is determined by what is on your head. So he says here, I will command the blessing that is on you. So what am I supposed to do? I am supposed to contend for the blessing to sit on me. But the blessing must not visit me. 
the blessing must sit on me so that my storehouses, so that this blessing can be commanded in my storehouses. What are the storehouses where you store your increase? Wherever you put your money, in your pockets, in your purses, in your bank accounts, in your investments, he will command the blessing that is on you, not that is on your next door neighbor. But it is the blessing that is on you that is commanded to go to your storehouses and and make things to happen and begin to bring about increase in your storehouses. And then it also says that he will also bless, he will also command this blessing in whatever that your hand finds to do. So in whatever you set your hand, he will command the same blessing. So in other words here, God is advising us to make sure that there is something upon us called the blessing. And it must not come and visit and go, but it must sit on us. It must be upon us. Because remember, the Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, when they were waiting in the upper room, like a mighty rushing wind, the Spirit of the Lord came in the room. And the Bible says, like a cloven tongues of fire, something from heaven sat on them. The Bible, it does not say it came upon them and then left, but it sat on them. That is why they were able to see miracles, signs, and wonders. So let something sit on you even this morning so that when you go back to work, this blessing that is on you will then be commanded into your storehouses, commanded in what you are busy with, with your hands, commanded in the land that the Lord has given you. We read Luke chapter number 9, verse number 13, where the Bible says, So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten miners. And then he said, Put this money to work. He said, Until I come back. Put this money to work until I come back. Turn with me to the book of Second Kings, chapter number 4. Second Kings chapter number four. I am going to read verse number four to sorry, verse number one to verse number seven. The Bible says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors coming to take two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when God has given you something and you become familiar with the thing that God has given you in such a way that you always say you have nothing. The first response that this woman gave to the prophet was, I have nothing. Have you put a part in what God has given you? Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, 
Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have, when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to, the, to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. The oil did not finish, but the oil ceased. So the oil stopped uh, flowing. So in other words, it was not the shortage of oil. It was the shortage of vessels. The oil continues to flow every day. God wants to prosper us every day. In fact, God flows every day in his prosperity plan for our lives. However, it's the vessels to pour in the prosperity that are not available. The oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons Live on the rest. Father, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here, we saw in the book of Luke that the servant that we were dealing with is a servant that lacked talent. The servant did not have talent. And then in the book of Second Kings, we deal with a widow that was in debt. I don't know what season you are in this morning. It may be that you can identify with the servant that had nothing, that had no talent, that the master needed to come and give the talent to so that he can multiply. Or you could be relating with the widow who was in debt. What does that mean? It means she actually had something, but then she did not have the fullness of it, and then she ended up in debt. So she says it is her husband that owed. So this is something that she inherited. She, the husband was in debt, but she was not. So she inherited debt. Have you ever felt like this is not my own struggle? Yeah. Have you ever dealt with a case that is, you, you can see, this is not my case? So it might happen that you identify with this talent who has nothing, or you identify with the one who is in debt. But whatever season, 
that you are in, I want to introduce you to a God who changes seasons. The God that we serve is a God who is able to always improve us. Because the master improved the servant in the book of Luke by giving him a talent, by giving him talents. And then he, the, 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 in, in the book of 2 Kings, this woman was upgraded by virtue of being told that as soon as the divine nature of God comes upon what you already have, it multiplies. So let me introduce to you a God who changes seasons. No matter whether you are in the valley or you are on the mountaintop this morning, I want you to know that you don't have to be complacent where you are. You don't have to accept the level in which you are in. Because God is able to change your seasons. God is able in a twinkling of an eye to change your seasons. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number three, verse number one, the Bible says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the heaven. So even you who have been in a season maybe of drought for a long time, I want you to believe a God who is able to change seasons. Somebody say amen. Amen. And also in the book of Daniel, chapter number 2, verse number 21, the Bible says, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and rises up and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So God can change our financial seasons anytime. In fact, God can change your financial season even right now. Somebody might say, I am okay. But you, I don't think you are okay in as far as purpose is concerned. Maybe you are okay as, good as, 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 as much as the good life is concerned. But as, as far as purpose is concerned, purpose is progressive. Purpose continues with you as you grow. You need to fulfill the purpose of God. And for you to be able to fulfill the purpose of God, there are others that you need to take along. So if you still have what is available just for you alone, then you have not got into a place that God wants you to get into. Because God wants you to fulfill purpose and your purpose will always, we taught you in the, in, in the past weeks, that purpose will always involve people. So if you can say I am okay, but you are okay, you and your family, then you are not okay. You will be okay when others can be okay because of you. then that's the time you will say, I am fulfilling purpose. Somebody say, amen. amen. And therefore, God can be able to change the seasons in as far as our finances are concerned. Somebody say, amen. amen. Financial crisis is common. Some of us can be in a crisis like the woman who was in debt. Some of us can be in a crisis like we lack. There is no talent. None whatsoever. Some of us can be in a crisis of being complacent, being in the same level for a long time, and you can see that you have overstayed your welcome in this level. But there is, there is something that does not give so that you can be able to be taken to the next level. Somebody say amen. But we serve a God 
who wants us to prosper. That is what the Bible says in the book of Psalm, chapter number 35, verse number 27. It says, let the Lord be glorified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Yeah. It is so interesting that the one who did not have talent was a servant. And the one who left his wife and kids with death was a servant. But then God here says he is the one who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. So who, whose servant are you? Who are you working for and what is your money working for? Whose servant are you? That's a question you need to ask yourself because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So in other words, if I am not the servant of God, in other words, not doing the purposes of God with what he has given me, then it means I am not the one that God will take pleasure in causing to prosper. God will be pleasant, will be pleased, I mean, when he prospers you, because you are what? You are his servant. Somebody say amen. amen. God's prosperity plan for our lives is not limited to finances. We need to understand that fact, that it is not limited to finances, but it includes finances. But God wants us to prosper even as our souls prospers. God does not want us to prosper at the expense of our consciences. God does not want us to prosper at the expense of our marriages. God does not want us to prosper at the expense of our children. God does not want us to prosper at the expense of our peace of mind. If there is anyone who wants us to prosper holistically, it is God. And I don't want us to ever settle for less and say it is okay as long as I have money. Everything else I will enjoy. Don't enjoy anything else because the God that you serve, that you serve wants you to prosper holistically all around in such a way that even those who have more than you do will envy you. Why? Because yours is also the one that is holistic. Yours is also the one that touches your soul, that touches your mind, that touches your heart, that touches your heart home that touches everything that is called by your name that is the kind of the prosperity plan that God has in store for you God wants you to prosper and sleep at night yes God wants you to prosper and relax that's the kind of prosperity of the prosperity plan that God has in store for us that God has for our lives. It is not limited to finances. So as we are talking about the God who prospers, as we are talking about the fact that money matters, we need to understand that that is not the holistic plan that God has for us. But God wants us to prosper always. Yeah. Always. Somebody say amen. amen. So the servant of the prophet actually feared the Lord, but he did not go for his inheritance of prosperity. He did not go for his inheritance of wealth and riches. We don't want to be like that servant. Because this servant, in this verse, in the verses that we read in the, in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 4, they, they say he feared the Lord. And for you to see that this was a good servant, this was a very good servant, the woman did not have to mention his name to the master. So in other words, you can be a great Christian. 
God knows you, but he's waiting for you to claim your inheritance of wealth and riches. Some of us will say, I as, as, uh, God is going to be offended if I want more. God wants you to want more. God will not be offended by you wanting more because he has more. And in fact, he wants to give you more. So I don't want us to be the servants that are not going for our inheritance of wealth and riches. That the master knows us. That we pray every day. That we live a righteous life. That we do everything that the master wants us to do. We know, the master knows us. But we are not going for the inheritance of wealth and riches. So that's the mistake that this servant did. In the book of Psalm, chapter number 112, verse number 1, the Bible says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. And then it says, wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Don't be happy only that you fear the Lord. Fear the Lord and go for this inheritance as well. That wealth and riches will be in your house. Why? Because you are blessed as a man who fears the Lord. Listen to what the Bible says as well in the book of Psalm, chapter number 25, verse number uh, 12. It says, who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the ways he chooses. Verse number 13 says, he himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. Yeah. Somebody say amen. amen. So now, it is important that we know that we have divine intervention that's available for us. So when you are in your career or you are working your business or whatever it is that God has entrusted you with, you need not to neglect the divine interventions of God. Know that you have that advantage. Don't just say that as long as I have my salary, I give my tithe and I give my offering, then I am okay. Know that there is something that is an advantage for you as a child of God. Don't be a person who lives the same life as the one who earns the same amount at work like you. There must be a distinguishing factor between you and your colleagues. Yeah. Even though you may be earning the same salary, but it must be known that you are now, there is also the divine intervention that comes upon whatever it is that you put your hand upon. Yeah. Uh, let me encourage you this morning. Don't just say, I have a salary at the end of the month and therefore I am okay. There is a possibility in the kingdom of God that you can have four streams of income. Yeah. I, the, the people of God don't believe me. The book of Genesis, when God said Adam must tend the ground, God gave Adam a project to tend the ground. But the way the ground was, God realized that one stream was not going to water the garden. Then the Bible says, then God created four riverheads. Yeah. 
there was a river which is the blessing. Yeah. Hear me well, Hillcrest Campus, this morning. Yeah. I want you to be delivered from saying, Lord, thank you for my salary, I'm okay. Yeah. Go for your inheritance. There is divine intervention that can come upon you in such a way that everyone will wonder. Kanjan, listen to this. The Bible says then there was a river that flowed into the garden. So number one, you need to understand that whatever you find your hand to do, if there is a blessing which is the river, then the ground is going to be easy to work on. And everyone, have, everyone else will have a hard time working on that ground, but yours will be easy. Why? Because there is a blessing that is busy flowing into what you are working, right? But then the Bible says this river parted into four river heads. Four streams that made his life easy in the garden. Why not you if then it was there for Adam? Why not for me if it was there for Adam? So don't be, don't be satisfied with your salary. Go for the inheritance because once we depend on our salaries, we then end up mis, uh, 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 mistaking the salary for the source. But once we know that there is a divine enablement and then there is a divine intervention that can come from God to cause your land to be watered with four streams, that's the, min- the, that's the minimum. I believe God can do even more. God can do even more. But the minimum, we need to count for that. We need to even die believing it. Because if it does not come for us, it will come for our children. Four streams of income, not just one, but four streams of income. That is why we are going to believe it. Because each time you deposit faith, it does not go wasted. When you deposit faith, faith is waiting for you in the future. And that is why you need to believe until. Somebody may ask you, you've been believing and what you are believing for is not coming to fruition. Tell them that my faith is busy accumulating, it's gonna rain. The clouds are busy accumulating, it's gonna rain. It It might not rain on me, but it will rain on the next generation. There is something called the legacy of faith, and when you leave the legacy of faith, it's gonna rain for your children, and it will rain for your children's children, because God will know that your faith is already in the store. Already being stored. Somebody say amen. Four. So until at least there is four, don't quit believing. Four river heads. Oh, Adam. Hey, I don't know why did Adam sin. Four. Just so that the ground can be easy. Somebody say amen. So now God is our financial source. Money belongs to him. It is his to give. And he gives it to whoever he wants to give it to. All that we need to do is to position ourselves to be candidates. Don't be the kind of a Christian who does not want to believe God for finances. If you don't believe, we will believe for you. Because in this day and age, 
in this rand of 18 rand 46. Is it, am I correct? There must be some divine intervention in such a way that you don't queue on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday or Tuesday night? Tuesday night, you don't queue at a petrol station. Why? Because you have another economy that you know is on your side. Because anyway, that petrol is going to finish. And lo and behold, by the time it is finished, it will still be. So God wants us to work the kingdom system. Because the kingdom system will never collapse. That's why God wants us to prosper his way. Somebody say amen. amen. Look, listen to what the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 7. Verse number 7 it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So when you are in a season of famine, or maybe you are in a season of one stream of income, or maybe two streams of income, Maybe three streams of income. You have not gotten to a stage of the four that I spoke about. Amen. Then you need to ask. That is what God wants. Some of us are ashamed to ask in such a way that we are even ashamed to ask God himself. Let us not allow the enemy to say, be satisfied with what you have, I said earlier on. Do not allow the enemy to say, it's okay. You are living a life that is better than many. I don't want to live a life that is better than many. I want to live a good life that God has already predestined for me. And I also want to fulfill the purpose of God for my life. So as long as I don't have enough to fulfill the purpose of God for my life, I'm going to go for my inheritance. Somebody say amen. amen. We need to ask God to send prosperity. And never be ashamed to ask him for a financial breakthrough. Yeah. That is something we need not to be ashamed to do. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter number 118, verse number 25, it says, Save now. Utavite used to be a man who was not afraid to ask God. In fact, I feel like David knew, knew who he was in God more than many of us here. He knew he, who he was in God. That is why he was able to go to God. Can you go? I mean, I, I have Zulu moms here. If, if, if your child can, can come and say, was Allah mad? A shoe will fly. A shoe will fly and it will catch her when, when or it will catch him when he tries to. Uh, yeah. But David knew. What is it that God had in store for him? And he said, save now, I pray. Oh Lord, oh Lord, I pray, send prosperity now. So in other words, God is able to save you by sending his only begotten son to come and die for you at the cross of Calvary so that you can be saved from your sins transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. But then God also has another way of saving by sending prosperity. What does that mean? It means when we are in debt,
debt, when we don't have enough, when we are in lack, we need saving. Somebody say amen. David then says, save now. Someone might think that David was under a bus maybe, almost dying. But maybe if you lack, you are almost dying. But then he says, save now. Send prosperity. Don't, don't be the kind of a Christian who settles for the saving of from sins. There is also saving from lack. And that saving is dealt with when God sends prosperity. He says, send prosperity now. Somebody shout, send prosperity now. Hallelujah. He has saved us already from sin. Right now, we need saving from the weak rent. We need saving from the economic meltdown. We need saving from all of these things. Yes, from Lord shedding, from all of these things. We need saving. He says, send prosperity now. Maybe not because he can deal with uh, 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 load shedding, but he can cause us to have enough money to buy inverters and, you know, all of those things so that they can worry about their load shedding all by themselves. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. So he says, send prosperity now. He was not ashamed to ask. And we need to ask and ask extra, ex, extravagantly. We need to ask and not hold back because God wants to give to us everything that we need. In the book of 1 Timothy, chapter number 6, verse number 17, the Bible says, Command those who are rich in the present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Somebody say amen. God wants us to prosper. God wants to give to us all things so that we can be able to enjoy them. God does not want us to be in lack and be comfortable. Sometimes I said last week in Delmas, I said, sometimes you will say that you don't like certain things only to find that it's not because you don't like them. It's just that it's because you have built this coping mechanism within the inside of you to say, I don't want to even want this thing so, because I can't afford it. I say, I made an, an analogy of, an, of a child and ice cream. A poor child who can't afford ice cream, who has seen ice cream but could not afford ice cream. And then they told themselves just to cope with the pain of not affording ice cream. They said that ice cream is not nice. I don't like ice cream. I'm going to make a silly example. Remember at high school, the boys when they knew that there was a pretty girl that they can't come close to they will always want to ill-treat that girl. Why? Because they are trying to cope. <laughs> the coping mechanism. So some of us are angry. It's time money is spoken about. We, it's like we don't want money. In fact, we have developed hate for money. And the more you develop hate for money, the more money will run from you. 
Because I don't know about you, Mina, somebody who does not like me, who speaks ill of me, I will never come close to that person. Same with money. Money will not come close to us if we shy away from talking about it. I said in Pinoni, it belongs to God. And we are going to go for it and we want it for purpose fulfillment because it belongs to God. If you don't believe me that it belongs to God, yes, there is a scripture that says, it says even the cattle in the thousand hills belongs to me. But there is one that I like the most. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything that is made belongs to God. And if you don't believe me, ask whoever. Yeah, it's no longer Titan Bowen. I've lost, I've lost track. I don't know who's there. It's from trees. And there is no one who came here on earth with a tree. Not even the government, they did not come here with a tree. They use the resource that God has already put here on earth. So even money itself belongs to God. So we are going to talk about it, and it has a spirit. It hears us. That is why if it... Bazalan. Listen, listen. Even if I don't finish, it's okay. Let me give you this. Sometimes it depends on the light, on, on how big of a light comes for the darkness to go. If you have your phone torch in a hall that sits 20,000 people, you don't have sufficient light. But it depends on the sufficient light that you get for you to be able to go after something. You will stumble all over. You can even break your legs. But as soon as the crack of dawn comes. As soon as the great light called the sun, yeah. or even maybe they, are, they, they, they then start to give back the electricity and all the lights in, the, in, in that room comes on, yeah. then you are able to navigate through that room with ease. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So now as we are talking about money, some of us did not know that God wants you to have it. But as soon as the light, and it's not a small light that you need, but it is a light that is able to shine in that dark area. And then the Bible says, darkness does not comprehend that light. So it depends on the depth of the information you have for you in as far as money and inheritance that comes from God is concerned. So don't close your heart when we teach you about the things that concerns the economics of the kingdom of our God. Because that's how you get the light. Even God understood that principle to say you need the greater light to deal with the greater darkness. The Bible says when he created, the earth was without form. And the Bible says darkness covered. Deep darkness. So when there is deep darkness, there is deep light that is needed. You can't be in deep darkness and just go by with insufficient light. 
You need the greatest light that you can ever find so that then this darkness can be taken away and you can be able to fully live in the will of God for your life. There is a will of God that God has for you to prosper in your life, to fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. Content for the light. This money matter, this money matter is deep darkness. This money matter is deep darkness. You will find people who are trying with all their might, but it's just not happening. It's deep darkness. The Bible says, then God said, let there be light. Eh? And then it says there was light. But then Yang did. Boba Iti, and then he created great light to govern the day and govern the night. So may God give us light that is so sufficient that it governs the day, whether in South Africa it's day or whether in South Africa it's night, but the great light which comes by his word, which comes by that which he pronounces over us, which comes by the blessing that can sit on us and cause us to prosper in every aspect of our lives. Let that light come all over to all of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it come. Great light to govern the day. Great light to govern the night. So when you find yourself in the night, in as far as your finances are concerned, light is needed. Lord, what do you say about money? What do you say about this inheritance that I have in you? What am I supposed to do? What is my participatory role role that I am supposed to play? What am I supposed to do? What are you promising me so that I can go after the promise that you have? If you can Grab a hold of this light, this great light. I'm telling you, whether it's day or it's night, it doesn't matter. In fact, it's also end up. So, Haibo, this thing was also 25 rand. Why? It's because I go and buy bread, irregardless of how much it is. So now when we pay the bill, it's this much. Really? It's, it's, it's normal. It's just that I, when, when I want to go, I go. Whether it's day or it's night, there is a great light that can govern the day. There is a great light that can govern the night. I don't know about you, but I want to contend for that light that is able to govern whether it's day or whether it is night. It doesn't matter what time it is. The moon will always shine. Yeah, that is why it is day in other countries when it is night in yours. Because the sun, ever since God created it, he said to it, your work is to shine. Ah, is it too deep this morning? Are you hearing me? He placed it and said, your work is to shine. So, Ushaina irregardless. That is why when you call my friends there overseas, it's dark here. 
but it's day, it's broad daylight, that side. When it's dark there, it's broad daylight, this side. Now let me give you another one. Hey, I won't finish the notes. Let me, let, let me give you another one, let me give you another one. Those who did uh, science at uh, school, you were the clever ones. They, they, I'm sure they will be able, they will be able to, to help us, right? They will be able to help us. Let me give you another one. Hey, may God bring you light. So that even if you did not understand, the kingdom of God, may he just shine his light on you. This can be for me as well. Let me give you another one. There's the sun and there's the moon, right? God created both, right? And he called them great lights. Yeah. Eh? Great lights. Both of them, they're great. But they don't compete with each other. No they're very great, both yeah. of them. Right. They shine in their own time. Yeah. And listen to this. The moon does not have its own light. Yeah. It depends on the sun. But it depends. This is an immoral smile. So the moon needs to be in proportion to the sun, right? To receive the light and reflect the light. Lalel. For you to shine forth in every area and aspect of your life. You need to be in proportion with the greatest light of all. Jesus himself. The Bible says the sun is not needed in heaven. S-U-N. Because the sun, S-O-N. 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 Is, come on, come on. Is the light. Yeah. So your light comes in proportion to the angle. Come on now, science people, am I correct? Yeah. The angle in which you are positioned. You are the moon. There is the sun. The greatest light there is. Even the economic Ramaphosa cannot dim his light. He shines in darkness, and darkness comprehends him not. Day and night he shines just like the sun, whereby it does not dim its light, but it's just that when you are at the back. Where are you when you are in the dark? You are you you are behind there. We are behind the sun. Okay. So now. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Right? Now you need to position yourself. That is your homework. To position yourself to be in proportion and in the correct angle. To reflect the light that comes from the Son of God. That's how your darkness will flee. Some of us have lived so much in the dark, 
in such a way that we have even mastered. Have you ever realized that when Lord shedding hates and you did not check the schedule, but you are able to make it to your room? You are you you have mastered the dark in your house. But if I can take you to my house and get your lights off, Lord shedding, you will not be able to go to. You won't even be able to go to the fridge because you don't even know where it is. So now the darkness, just like in the book of Genesis, is all over. If someone can say I am wrong about that, then they are not in touch with reality. Darkness is all over, but there is a light that God promises to us as his children. And I want us this morning to contend for that light, to say, Lord, we are not going to be like those who do not know you. Lord, we are not going to be like those who are not your children. Lord, we are not going to be crying like those who are not believers. But today we are going to contend for the light that shines in darkness so that we can be able to navigate our way through this whole mess that is happening in our world. That's the only way. That's the only way that God can be able to take us out. There is no need for you to sit in your corner and say, this is my life. No, it's not. There is a better life that God has for you. There is a level that God has for you. Just like the woman we spoke about in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 4. The Bible says that she said, I am in debt. And they are coming to take my sons. They are coming to repossess some things from me. Even that which is my hope because the son is the builder of the family name. So this woman had hope because she had sons. However, the enemy even wanted to go after that which was just her little hope. But then the Bible says, then the servant of God, the prophet, he said, what do you have in your house? So there is something that you have. There is something that God has given you. Maybe it has been lying dormant long enough in such a way that you think it's not there. I'm here this morning just for one assignment to resurrect that which God has placed in the inside of you. I want you to know that you are are not a person who has nothing but you have something. This woman had to think long and hard to say I have a jar of oil. And she says but I have nothing but Whatever it is that you are looking for is within what is already with you. Everything else, what God has already given you is able to give birth to everything you need. This woman said, I have nothing but a jar of oil. But that jar of oil was all that she needed at that point. But the problem is we take the jar of oil and want it to pour oil that will help us without the word from the Lord. We don't want to even go about the instructions that God gives to us. What we see in this woman as I close is that this woman, number one, was not ashamed of what she's going through. She may have been ashamed of what she has or looked down upon what she had, but she was not ashamed to go and say, right now I'm in trouble. How many of us are in trouble, but we don't even want to tell God that we are in trouble. But there is a next level 
that God has for each and every one of us. So this woman, Tolala and prophet, and she said, your servant, your servant, not we are God's servants. Lord, your servant is here. Your servant has been stagnant for far too long. Your servant has been in the same level far too long. Your servant has been going around in settles. Nothing is moving, nothing is happening. So she had that, the jar of oil in her house. And then she took the instructions. Must go and read it at home, verse one to seven. She took the instructions. What did the prophet say? What did the prophet say? The prophet said, go and get vessels, empty vessels. Why? Because when we go to God, we must not be full of pride. When we go to God, we must not be full of ourselves. When we go to God, we must not be full of what we already have. But we must borrow the empty vessels and the, the, the oil will always take the shape of the vessel. It is only when the vessels were finished that the oil ceased. I said earlier on this, the oil did not finish, but the oil ceased because the vessels were no longer there. So now I want us to go home, go back to our businesses, get empty vessels. Get, give God something that he can work with. Say, Lord, Lord, I did not put you in this business of mine. Lord, I did not put you in my career. Lord, I did not put you in my family. Lord, I did not put you in my mind. I did not put you in, in I now know that you can be creative. I now know that you can be able to give me more than what I have experienced. Yeah, yeah. I now know that you can give me more than what I have right now. Yeah. That woman then gathered the vessels and then she kept on pouring the oil until there were no more vessels. But she also took, an in the, she, she took the instruction and practiced it because you will see that the man of God said to her, go home and shut the door behind your son. Yeah. So in other words, do not leave your children outside of what God wants to do in this season. Please don't. So when you are praying, when you are giving, when you are meditating, when you are going back to the principles of God in as far as kingdom, uh, uh, kingdom finances are, are, are concerned, don't leave your children behind. He says, close the door, shut the door. Specifically after your sons. She went home, then the sons came in and she then shut the door. Have you closed the door on your children by not doing what God wants you to do? She made sure that the instruction is followed to the T. Let us follow the instructions. Whatever it is that God tells you to do for your advancement, follow the instructions. Let us stand, we are going to pray. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.